Welcome to the North Hills Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into unique content created just for you. Uh, my name is Ryan, and as always, I'm here with Krissa. Hey, Krissa. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? You ready for another episode? I am. I am too. Uh, just so you know, we are in an Ask a Pastor episode of the podcast. So, Krissa, why don't you give everybody an idea of where that came from and what we're going to be doing? Sure. So we've um, done these for a little while. You've probably seen them on our uh, church Facebook pages. And so we've had um, a series where basically we get to ask a pastor a question that's culturally relevant, uh, maybe dealing with the topic, uh, the sermon series that we're going through. Um, So a topical question or something that's um, kind of comes up repeatedly in our current cultures or current, you know, lifestyles. And so, or even controversial. Yeah. Controversial ones. Right. So it's just kind of an opportunity to get, um, a pastor's perspective on uh, topics that we often deal with on a day-to-day basis. And if you want to see some of those older ones, they're available Mm -hmm. on the YouTube channel where we host the podcast. Um, and for this one, we are going to have Peter Hubbard. So Peter Hubbard's joining us, our teaching pastor. Hey man. Hello. Hey, thanks for taking your time and coming in. You have been the uh, forefront of most of these questions, dealing with them. What's that experience been like? All those easy questions? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Generally a positive experience. (laughs) Sometimes not. Yeah. Well, this week, we're going to start with the question. We'll just kind of pose it to you and uh, see where it goes. So this is, how should we think about theological differences? It's a great question. Mm -hmm. It is a big question, as you know, uh, because under the umbrella of that question comes lots of smaller questions that um, could be formed in two big categories. One is, are all religions basically saying the same thing? That kind of question and how do we know the difference, like what religions are still viewed as Christian, but different based on denominations and theological variables, all the way down to questions like how do Christians differ on debatable issues? So it's a broad umbrella mm-hmm. in a way that we're going to try to deal with today that maybe we can give um, some help or tools for uh, maybe anyone who's in any one of those areas. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd obviously love to know more about this and particularly why this is a difficult question for us to answer. Uh, I think personally, this is difficult because I am wired as an includer. And um, Ryan, you know that I, I don't like to exclude options and I especially don't like to exclude people. So the whole idea that we would form or understand theology in such a way as to say, no, this is true and this is not, is a difficult question personally. Uh, but then also when you look at the lay of the land in our culture, whether you're on one side where historically we have had well, what you could call today kind of a neo-fundamentalism, which divides Christianity based on things that we would view as not, should not be dividing, 
like music, dress, other things where where we can differ but not divide. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they would fall into the category of what we'd call Romans fourteen kind mm-hmm. of issues that we should be able to learn how to live with each other on. But from that extreme all the way over to the extreme of what I would call kind of a, a cultural fundamentalism that you know operates on a kind of ex- inclusivity. That if you don't include the people we tell you to include, then you are automatically a bigot and mm. you're bad. So you've got a pretty big extreme where, there. Yeah. Where instead of uh, differing but not dividing, on the other end is if you differ, you hate. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's And that's a big spectrum. Yeah. Quite the extremes. I think as we uh, attempt to step into some of these areas, um, no matter which end we're going on, I think it's, um, important. I just want to highlight one of the things you said. I I think it's great for listeners to hear a leader or a pastor say, personally, Mm -hmm. I struggle with this no matter what sphere that's in, you know, cause I think we're trying to answer something that's a controversial question for people and for you to kind of just put it out there and say, I'm there. Like I, it's difficult for me personally. We're not just answering in a vacuum for a supposed person out there. I, I think that's just really healthy and helpful mm-hmm. for people to hear. So as is the case at North Hills Church, where you've pastored for you know almost 30 years now, um, our leadership here is devoted to God's word. So if we were to kind of transition into, okay, this is a difficult question. How do we deal with these things? In the shortness of a podcast, how how can we help people with the word? Like, what does the Bible, God's word, give us in this area? Yeah, and the tent you can feel the tension from Scripture when Jesus says things like, "I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me." You know, if someone delights in that, yay, I'm in, they're out, then that's another problem. But when someone hears that and feels the weight of that and words like where Jesus, who is viewed as one of the, you know, so loving, where Jesus says, few are going to be uh, that, that find it. The way is narrow, words like that. Words like where the apostle Paul said in Galatians 1, after going through the province of Galatia, starting churches, and then the Judaizers following him and undoing what he had proclaimed and built. And and Paul writes back in Galatians 1, if anyone preaches a different gospel, which is not another gospel, he's anathema. Like that, those are strong and words. What is anathema? Like, Cursed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the examples here of, of Jesus and Paul set up a lens that that there are some exclusive statements made that we have to wrestle with. Exactly. So that's that's kind of the, uh, the 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 first thing the scriptures give us that there are clear lines drawn that we have to abide by. Is that accurate? Is that yes. where you're headed? Yes, and those lines were spoken, you know, in a culture and, and, and then today in a culture and especially in academic circles, 
where the opposite is assumed to be true. Like today, it's assumed that all religions are basically saying the same thing. Mm. Like one of the examples you may have heard that's very commonly told is an old Hindu parable of uh, blind men describing touching an elephant. Have you heard that before? Mm-mm. So yeah, I, I have. So the, the, I think it'd be helpful to hear, though. So there's a bunch of blind men touching an elephant, the parable describes. And one of them touches the tusk um, and, and, and concludes he's touching a spear. And another touches the trunk and concludes he's touching a snake. And another touches the legs and concludes, you know, I'm touching a tree, a tree trunk. And, and it goes on, mm-hmm. the, touches the side, I'm touching a wall, touches the tail, I'm touching rope. Um, and the point of the, the, the parable is, yeah, but they're all touching the same thing. They're just touching it, uh, describing it in different mm-hmm. ways. It's all an elephant. And then the conclusion is made, religions are like that. Mm-hmm. They're all t- coming from a different perspective, but saying the same thing. And where that parable breaks down is the fact that the only thing that makes it make sense is the narrator is not blind. The narrator can see, and therefore the narrator is concluding, hey, you guys, you're not touching a tusk, a, a, a spear, you're touching a tusk. You're, you're not touching string or a rope. You're not touching a tree. You're touching an elephant. Mm-hmm. So the, the parable actually illustrates the opposite, that... Um, and, and is actually kind of demeaning, assuming, you know, that someone up here, apart from God, is demeaning. Because someone up here is telling you, you're all saying the same thing. Well, they're not saying the same thing. But in the end, the parable beautifully illustrates our limitations as human beings. We, yeah. we can't see everything. We are, in one way, we're spiritually blind but there is a narrator, God, who mm-hmm. reveals himself and says, hey, guys, you know, this is what an elephant is. And actually, this is what a spear is and a tree is. And they're not the same thing. So when somebody says that to you, like if we can, as we take this question, you know, what do we do about theological differences? And someone says to you, they're, they're all the same. It's, it's all the same God. Like, how would you respond Well, to take that story and press it forward specifically, you know, for for a Muslim who believes that Jesus did not die on the cross, they believe in Jesus, but that he's not the son of God and he didn't die on the cross. And then for a Christian who says everything I believe on, believe in is dependent on the fact that Jesus actually died, was buried and rose. It's impossible for a thinking individual to say those are the same things. You know, the, those are two different things. Either he died or he didn't die. But to say that's saying the same thing is obviously contradictory. Yeah. And, and, in, and at one point, it, it almost seems unkind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for me to say, if I do differ with you on my belief, well, yours is the same of mine, but they're not the same. Right. There's like this little inherent mm-hmm. weirdness to it, for lack of a exactly better way to put it. Exactly. 
So then how should we as believers respond um, biblically and like respectfully in those kinds of situations? Great question. <laughs> um, I think the first thing is for us to make sure we're clear about what we believe, mm -hmm. like what really defines what it means to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. Because if we're not clear on that, right. what, how can we know how to respond? So for example, an evangelical, which is just another word for the Greek word euangelion, which means good news. And Paul, the apostle Paul, writing in 1 Corinthians 15, described the good news as the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But if you read the whole context, he's grounding that in the scriptures as a whole and in an actual historical event. Because he goes on to say, Peter saw him. You know, 500 people saw him. People eventually touched him as a... Re so if... If, if, there, if it's not consistent with scripture, if it didn't actually happen in history, according to Paul, it's a waste of time. Hmm. It, it's not true. So evangelicals in, uh, in summary are, are people who believe, live and share the good news of Jesus Christ. It's pretty succinct. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a challenge. Right. At, at the same time, like that's what we... Our, our listeners and what we have to take really seriously on the front end is do I know what I anchor my faith on at the end of the day so I can answer something that comes at me both mm -hmm. for myself and to serve someone else who might uh, differ with me. So so that's kind of maybe up at the um, difference in religion uh, area, difference in gospel, difference in belief. What if we were to take I don't know if this is even the right language, uh, a step down. How else could we respond to maybe something that isn't that so issue? fundamental? Yeah. Well, e even before we get there, we have to establish, like, how do we discern the difference mm. between Great. what is essential and non-essential? Yeah. I think that's probably where most people get lost. Yeah. Because if a, a Jehovah's Witness... Uh, you know, missionary comes to the door and describes many things that sound very familiar. You know, we believe in Jesus. We believe the Bible. We, you know, believe you got to be saved. We believe in heaven. What, what basis do I discern? Is this a brother in Christ that mm -hmm. I can, you know, fellowship, fellowship with? with or not? And what, it, what is helpful there's a, there's a pyramid that is based on, originally, Doctor a guy named Dr. Anders based it on what science does. Like science has uh, a distinction between laws and principles and theories and hypotheticals, you know, and, um, or, or I'm sorry, hypotheses and speculation. So you've got the law of gravity that is a, a different is viewed differently in the scientific world than whether there's life on another planet. Like those are very different. Mm -hmm. And so the law of gravity would be viewed way up as established or essential in the language mm -hmm. that we're talking about. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Right. Essential. 
But by the time you move down to hypotheses and speculation, life on other planets, science, science, most scientists aren't going to separate mm-hmm. over Stake their life on. Yeah, whether there's life on another right. planet. Um, so, can we do a similar thing with that essentialness in uh, 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 our faith, a Christian realm, evangelical, to borrow your term from earlier? Yeah. Is there a similar way to do that? I think if you take that same pyramid model and you put at the top creed, you know, what is essential to our core creed, and then you move down, and if we limit it to four, like creed, convictions, concepts, and then down to conjecture, you know, you can, you can take a lot of theological issues and run them through that grid to determine it, 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 does this constitute something that, uh, I need to step away from or can embrace agreeing to disagree. So Peter, do you think we could walk down that and, and off the cuff, literally off the cuff, one or two, put one or two things in each of those. Like, does that make sense? Am I making sense, Krista? Yeah. Yeah. Good. So like, it's like um, creed, like, like creed, like if you don't believe that Jesus like, died is, and rose again, yeah, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> well, take, for example, our church right now is in a series, uh, just wrapping or pausing it for Christmas, but on in revelation so you take for example the second coming of christ jesus made it really clear he's coming again and the whole new testament so that would be way up at the top creed creed jesus is coming. all evangelical christians agree mm-hmm. jesus is coming and we need to be ready uh, but when you move down you're still within the category of what i would view as convictions like i christians really believe strongly um in things like the rapture, which will occur, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a maybe s- some timing issues. Yeah, so rapture would fall into the into the conviction realm. Like, what is the nature of the rapture? And then you move down into con- you know one uh, uh, concepts where you get into the timing. Like, is mm-hmm. he coming? Is the rapture going to occur right before the tribulation or in the middle of the tribulation or post-tribulation? Mm-hmm. And, and those kind of issues you can see based on things like, um, and there are, there are four different tests, which gets a little complicated for our discussion today, but uh, four different tests regarding exegetical certainty, how confident are we in the way we interpret the Bible, regarding that issue in biblical emphasis how much does the bible put an emphasis on that issue uh in historical agreement how um much of a consensus is there among christians throughout church history and then in theological significance h- how important is this and if it, uh, those are the four corners of the pyramid that move up toward creed or down toward conjecture and if you do that with the second coming, yeah. you you go from the second coming, Christ is coming to, to like aspects of his coming, like rapture to timing, and then all the way to the bottom, which is I think he's coming next year. I think he's coming the following, mm-hmm. which yeah. you're you're into pure conjecture, right? Well, and I think uh, like theological significance is probably another area that people can often get lost or confused about, um, like. 
uh, kind of like I joked before, even like if this is something worth actually dying over versus mm-hmm. a personal preference or the way I was raised or what feels most comfortable to me, or I don't know any other way to explain this issue. So this is just my default belief. And so I think that that's sometimes where, um, people can kind of get confused and lost and not know, like, I don't know, is this actually theological significant or is this just a thing that I've thought since I was three and saw on a flannel graph? So uh, uh, maybe we can um, switch to a real quick pastoral question. We're about out of time in this episode, but as people, uh, this is going to be airing around the time of the holidays, Peter, um, as people are approaching family get togethers where they could be in any one of these realms, completely different religions coming together, um, evangelical homes where there are convictions and mm-hmm. concepts that are sometimes slid up towards creed, so to mm-hmm. speak, and this triangle you've described. Um, could you speak pastorally in a sense to people and say, Hey, as you go into that, we've talked a lot about it, but, kind of give them a word like if you're going into those environments and you know it what encouragement would you give them what what mindset would you try to help them have does that make sense oh yeah that is so important and whether we're talking about people who believe completely different you know the atheist loved one or neighbor the buddhist the hindu the uh various denominational differences uh the, the scripture is so clear, you know, we, and this may be a point of clarification that's important. We don't have to respect every idea because there are corny ideas. <laughs> there are heretical teachings. There are wrong. Everybody agrees. There are things that are, are wrong. We don't have to respect every idea, but we need to respect every person. Yes. And that's that, a great word. That's a big, mm-hmm. big difference. Uh, Titus says it this way in Titus 3, 2, speak evil of no one, avoid quarreling, be gentle and show perfect courtesy toward all people. Mm-hmm. So to learn how to differ on essential things, even essential things in a manner that is courteous and uh, at, at the same time to, according to Romans 14, Welcome, brothers and sisters, where you differ on non-essential things. Courteous and courageous. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. Well, Peter, thanks. And I know I know you, and I know you feel like you have just barely even scratched the surface of probably one of the questions that we've <laughs> asked you. Because um, you are, you're burdened to include people and help them understand. But I, I think this is a great start, especially yeah. that last word you gave to us to encourage us um, in our courtesy, in how we would choose not to quarrel and yet be courageous in sharing what we essentially believe yeah. about Jesus. So Being thanks respectful. for investing in us. Let me give a quick shout out about our next episode. Um, That's going to be a missions update. Uh, Tim Wadsworth will be hosting that with our director of mobilization, Nathan Arms. And we're really excited to bring in Cam Hill, who is a local pastor, and uh, he directs Elios in Nickeltown. 
we have invested with uh, Elias over in Nicoltown for the sake of the gospel. Um, he is an amazing man. I have so mm-hmm. much respect for Cam. You will want to listen to this episode. They're going to be talking about our partnership um, in that project over in that region of our city. So tune in um, and hear about what God's doing over in Nicoltown. And thanks for listening. <laughs>